Hello, and welcome to the LB School Podcast. I'm Christy Michelle, the School and Library Coordinator, and today I have the great pleasure of speaking to Oge Mora. She's the author and illustrator of Thank You, Amu, which is a 2019 Caldecott Honor Book and winner of the Coretta Scott King John Steptoe New Talent Illustrator Award. It also received three-starred reviews from School Library Journal, Publishers Weekly, and Kirkus Reviews was chosen by Jumpstart as their pick for Read for the Record, was an ALA notable book, and was on a slew of best books of the year lists, including those from the Boston Globe, the New York Times, and BookPage. Her new book, Saturday, has just hit shelves, and it's received five-star reviews. School Library Journal says it's perfection. The Horn Book says it's gorgeous. Travis Jonker of 100 Scope Notes says it's one of the best picture books of the year and that it should be shared widely, and that's just a taste of the tremendous praise it's gotten. Everyone here at LBYR is so happy to be sharing this book with the world, and I'm happy to get to speak to Oge about it today. Oge, thank you so much for being here. Thank you for having me. The first thing I wanted to ask you is, what is your approach to storytelling? Are the stories you create ones that you wanted to hear as a child or ones that you did hear and you want to share? Well, I think my first thing I would say about my approach to storytelling is that for me, my favorite experience as a child was being read out loud to and I was one of those kids that was, like, obsessed with story time. And I really loved the performance of that experience, you know, being able to interact with the story, being able to hear the sounds of the words that I to the different characters. And so, like, for me, that really kind of presented books as this magic for me. And so in my books today, um, the read out loud quality is just really big for me. So when I'm writing the books, I'm always reading it out loud constantly and thinking about the words and the nuance and thinking about um, how I'm keeping young readers engaged in these sort of stories. And then when I think about like the subject matters of my stories, my stories tend to be very inspired by my childhood or just ordinary moments in like everyday life. And I really love finding the magic or the extraordinary and the ordinary, you know, and kind of centering in on those moments and thinking about those deeply. Um, I think it's really cool because a lot of books that I was particularly fond of as a child, like Tar Beach or Snowy Day, did that. And one of the reasons I really loved those books is because I could relate so much to them. And the things that they talked about were things that I know I knew and could see um, every day when I was around in my neighborhood. And so I just really loved that aspect of it. And so, yeah, I just really hope to make these entertaining, but yet very warm stories that make us feel good and happy and enjoyable, as I think, well, I guess everyone's kind of looking to do. What drew you to becoming a picture book author and illustrator? Well, definitely what drew me to, I definitely did set out, like, from an early age being like, oh, I'm going to be a picture book author and illustrator. But I think it's really powered by just a deep love of picture books I've always had. And when I was a kid, I would read picture books, and I just essentially just didn't grow out of it. I read them in elementary school, middle school, high school, and continue to read them today. And I think that deep love for the medium really inspired me to just 
try to make my own, you know, and once I got an opportunity to do that, I was really great, you know, to try to make my own picture books and to replicate that magic for young readers like I was. What are your inspirations? Books, music, art, people, places, both as a storyteller and as a visual artist? Basically everything that you just mentioned, you know, like I love music, I love definitely artists, a lot of muralists, a lot of um, fine artists that I'm particularly fond of and um, I look at their work. Um, definitely people, you know. Um, I think that when you're making work, it's just important. Like, yeah, it's great that you have that time in the studio, but I think it's just important to be outside of that studio and be living and talking to people because that's what's going to inform the work that you do, you know, those conversations that you have, those moments that you've had with people. At least that's what really powers my particular means of storytelling. That reminds me of something one of my teachers said back when I was in school. She was a creative writing teacher, and we were asking her about inspiration and things like that. And she said that a lot of people look to other other books, other works of art to be inspired, but that if you want to be a writer, you should always pay attention to the world around you. Like you have to look at the people that you're sitting next to on the train or the coffee shop that you go to or the buildings in your neighborhood. And that's that's where a lot of your inspiration will actually come from, not just from other books. Yes, like, definitely. I, I would completely agree with that, you know, that, like, work isn't made in a vacuum, you know. Like, if we want to make art and art is supposed to imitate or kind of visualize life, then you kind of have to go out and live it, you know. And that's what gives the work the spontaneity. That's what kind of breathes that vitality into the work. And um, it just makes me even think, like, just not even just as a writer, but also as an illustrator, I'm constantly looking at people and what they're wearing and who's on the train with me that day. And some things could just really inspire you. Like, I was at a toy store and I, a little girl came in and she had the cutest pair of tights. And I just thought, oh, wow, that's just such a great outfit. And that sort of inspired the outfit of Ava. I was thinking of that little girl, and I thought about her cute tights and how that was just a really fun thing that I really liked about what she was wearing that day. And so, yeah, no, definitely in writing and illustration as well. Imagine a bookshelf. It is empty, save for two books. Thank you, Amu, and Saturday. What are three other books you would place on that shelf and why? Ooh, I already know these off the top of my head. I talk about these books every time that I have um, uh, a visit because these were the three top books for me when I was a kid. Number one, we have Tar Beach by Sage Ringgold. I am obsessed with that book. I just could not get over this image when I was a kid of, like, seeing that city and, like, this idea that, like, this girl could, like, fly all around her city. I just thought it was the coolest thing. And I just thought to myself, wow, I wish I could do that. I could just fly and see, like, all the tops of all the buildings and things like that. I just, that just was just the coolest image in my head. Uh, my second one, I hope I'm getting the number right. Um, I believe it's 26 Fairmont Avenue by Tommy DePaula. I, I can't even, I cannot confess enough my love for that book. 
I thought it was the coolest book when I was a kid as well, because something I've always really loved about his books is in this book, it's him, so it's kind of like an autobiography, and he's really creative. Like, he's a kid who really likes to draw. And so uh, as a kid, I was like, oh, I also really like to draw. And another thing that was really cool aspect is he has a very big family. And I also have a very big family. I have seven siblings. And so I just thought that those two aspects of the book were really, really cool. And it was just kind of seeing, kind of peering into his his um, world and seeing different things like that, I just thought were the coolest thing ever. So I really, really loved that book and loved the illustrations that accompanied it. And then the last but not least is, of course, Snowy Day by Andrew Jack Keith, which I'm obsessed with and so many other people are obsessed with because it's such a brilliant, brilliant book. I think that book is one against one of, like, the other two books I mentioned, like The Definition of Classic. You know, where you have this beautiful, beautiful story of this little boy who gets to experience the magic of a snowy day, you know, and the colors of that bright pink and the yellow and that just that shining red and the patterns. It's just really, truly magical. And every kid, so many kids can relate to that experience of that snowy day. And that's just another book that I love so much. I think it's kind of interesting that the three books that I chose for that shelf are things that are kind of defined, are, are classics, you know. These are books that are timeless. These are books that are going to stand the test of time. And I think that that's a true goal of every illustrator or, or writer. I know that's the goal when I make my books, you know, is I want to make books that last, you know. I want to make books that people can continue to enjoy even when I'm not here, you know, that would be the greatest gift, you know, is just that that story can continue to entertain people over and over again, like those wonderful books have been able to. So I definitely admire all of those illustrators and authors exactly for that. I always love hearing the illustrators I work with here at LBYR talk about other picture books that they love because I didn't really know anything about picture books before I came to LBYR. I actually don't have any memories of like reading picture books when I was a kid. Like my reading memories and reading history begins with I think solidly middle school. I got into books like The Babysitter's Club and Sweet Valley High and stuff like that. So I really love hearing about like the history of picture books and the, the classic, iconic picture books and, and the ones that people hold dear to their hearts and the ones that they still read even now as adults. Not even to their kids, but just the picture books that they return to over and over again. Both Thank You, Amu and Saturday are grounded in bustling metropolitan places. They're full of buildings and people and roads and vehicles all interacting with each other. What draws you to these spaces? With such dynamic settings, how are you able to decide what to focus on in any one spread? So I grew up in Columbus, Ohio, and I grew up like downtown. So I just wake up every day, and I'd like I would walk around and walk around the city, and that was my landscape. I just saw lots of buildings and cars and things like that. And I just have always thought that cities are just so incredibly beautiful. 
And so that's why they tend to show up so often in my work. And I think that it's also kind of nice because I feel that cityscapes, they lend themselves very well to collage, you know, with like the angular like aspects of the buildings and the stuff like that. And so there's kind of this natural harmony, I feel, that occurs between collage and these cityscapes that I truly love. What was the second half of the question? With such dynamic settings, how are you able to decide what to focus on and any one spread? Oh, yes. I think that that is a very, very key part of my work or something that I'm always very intent on. You know, it's like if you look at my work, like I'm using so many different colors, I'm using so many different textures and little paper scraps here and there that if I'm not very careful, it can become overly busy. And so what's important for me is I decide very early on, like, what is going to be, like, the key item or the thing that's, like, the spot thing, you know. So my main characters tend to wear the brightest kind of colors so that they can, like, stand out in the midst of the very patterned or layered landscape or something that is an important part to the story, like a red stew or a patterned envelope. Like, those things have that bright red in order to stand out. And so I know from the beginning, oh, this thing is going to be that really bright color because I know that this is very important to the story, and then everything can build on behind that. But, yeah, I think making sure that my collages feel busy enough so there's that intrigue, you know, that you can look in there, see if you can read little bits here and there, wonder what I used here or what I used there, but also make sure that you don't get overwhelmed visually by too much going on is really important, especially since I don't use a lot of white space in my work, so I have to find other ways for your eye to rest as you travel along the page. One thing I really like about both Thank You, Amu and Saturday is how populated they are. And I guess it's just part of being or part of living in a city. I love how populated they are. I love how full they are, just all the people that are that are there. And how each time you return to the books, you can see something new. Like your interaction with it is different because of all there is for you to take in. That yeah. kind of comes from some of my other favorite books when I was a kid. I once was given this book um, it was it was one of those, you know, those random gifts that sometimes people just kind of drop off, you know, like mm-hmm. you don't know the person, the, the, the family friend or something, but they're like, oh, I know you have a child, so like here's this gift, I found it kind of somewhere sort of thing. So when I was a kid, someone had come to our house and they're like, oh yeah, it's Christmas time, I got a book for the kids, and they had gotten Hillary Knight's The Twelve Days of Christmas. And I was like, okay, it's just this book, and it's about the 12 days of Christmas, and it goes through the song. But what really captured me about this book, and Hillary Knight, he also illustrated the very famous Eloise series, was the level of detail. You know, what I just love about that particular book is every time you go back to it, I see another little thing. And I love that there's the main story of the 12 days of Christmas, but then there's like little stories that he has like hidden in the pages that like the more the more and more you read it, you get to see more of those tiny little stories and those tiny little details. And so like, I just was just 
my mind was blown as a kid. I was like, how did she do all of this? This is so complicated. It's so cool that I can read this every single time. And it always feels new because I always see something different in there. And so when I think about my work, I always love to add in little details here and there that kids point out to me, you know, which is so, so great. Because that was my favorite thing as a kid, was just going back and finding all the little details and seeing where I could find characters here or there, or seeing if there's like another little story in uh, behind the larger story. I love that. I love how with some picture books, you can go back to them and it's not just one straight narrative. It's a new story each time you look at it. Yeah. That's what I really loved about it, mm-hmm. you know? It's kind of like, because, like, if it's, it's, for me, this is a weird comparison, but for me, it's kind of like a video game, you know? Mm-hmm. Like, there are those video games where you can play it through once, and then, like, the game is kind of done, mm-hmm. you know? But I, it's also kind of cool, this idea of replayability, where you can read it again, or you can play it again, and always have something new, that there's something that will make that next time just as fresh. And so when I think about how many times I've read that 12 Days of Christmas and I still have my copy and I'm continuing to enjoy it years after, that's just really, really fun. One of my favorite things about both Thank You, Amu and Saturday is that in each, a child offers generosity and kindness towards a matriarch. In Thank You, Amu, it's the titular Amu. And in Saturday, it's Ava to her mother. I love it especially in Thank You, Amu, because the child has the entire neighborhood with him, and his thanks for Amu is a community's thanks. And in Saturday, it's this moment of heartwarming tenderness between a mother and a daughter. In both instances, it's touching, but it's also quite empowering, I thought, for those characters. And I think children would find that too. Can you speak a little more about this? Oh, of course. No, yeah. When I was making these books, you know, I think us as adults, you know, there's all this idea of things that we're supposed to teach to children, things that we're supposed to bestow to children, you know. When you're this author or an illustrator, you know, you come to school and you're like, oh, these are the things that I'm supposed to offer you and things you're supposed to learn from my visit. But the thing that I'm continually will, and will forever be humbled by is how much I learn from kids. I just learned so much. And kids tell me about my books every day, (laughs) you know, and reinterpret things and see things in this way. And so I just like, kids just have just such profound insight that, you know, like it's in doing that and having those characters do those things and kind of bestow that, like offer that to those matriarchs. It was just simply reflecting what already is, you know. It's just kids are just so incredibly clever. And I'll always be putting things in my books and I'll think, oh, I'm just kind of putting it in there. No one's actually supposed to notice it. It's just kind of for me. And kids will always bring it up. Like I always tell people every school that I go to, I always get a question that I've never gotten before. And I'm just shocked, you know, like, and things that I might have thought in one way, kids will tell me and I'll consider it in another way, you know. So I just, I gather a lot of inspiration for kids because they're just, they're truly brilliant, you know, and I just try to play catch up. They definitely keep me on my toes as I make my work. You do many visits to schools and libraries across the country. Do you have a favorite question a young reader has asked you or a question that made you stop and think deeply about your work? 
a very, very, very good question. When I think about my work or some of the questions I've gotten, I think what has made me stop and pause and think about the work that I make has been actually some of the artwork that kids will make based on my work, you know, or like the stories that they'll write after I've come. So one time I was at a school and they were showing me um, this map that kids had made. And the teacher had said, oh, yeah, we made this to be like the image of a neighborhood, you know. And she was like, the kids were putting their their homes and stuff like that with these little pop-up homes, like uh, popping off of the map. It was really cool. It was like this three-dimensional map they all made as a class. And the teacher was like, trying to make it sure, like, it actually made sense as a map, you know? Like, this house is on the east side, so it can't be towards this house kind of thing. And the kids, they just really were like, no, we don't want to make something like that. We want all of our houses to be together, you know, and we don't really care about where they are location-wise. We don't want someone to be all the way over there. We want everyone to kind of be included in together, you know. And I just thought how profoundly special that is, you know, like when I think about that, because it's really made me think very deeply about this idea of what is a community, you know, and how is it related to a neighborhood and stuff like that. And I think the more and more I thought of it based on what they had were talking about, I realized I was like, oh, we're always using neighborhood and community interchangeably, but when you really think about it, they're actually very different things, you know. In a neighborhood, you're talking about houses, but when you're talking about communities, you're talking about people, and you're talking about building or a series of relationships with people and what our community is based on, you know. And that whole kind of reflection of thinking about what a community is and how that relates back to my work, it just started based on their work, you know. And so it's like I'm inspired by so many amazing artists and so many amazing illustrators, but honestly, I'm also as greatly inspired by a lot of the artistic work that I see from kids, you know, because they just have such fresh insight that makes me look at my own work and see it in an entirely new way. Or another school I had gone to, um, they do a lot of collage artwork, which was really, really great. And they have, like, paper drawers. I was like, what? Love this. And another thing that really I thought was so cool was they use um, pizza boxes. They have these pizza boxes. So they cut up pizza boxes, and they use the cardboard as stamps. And because of the little, like, 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 there's, like, these, like, little lines or sticks that you can see sometimes in pizza boxes. It gives them this really cool striping stamp. And the art teacher was telling me all about this. And I was like, this is just so incredibly brilliant that you guys have decided to use pizza boxes as, like, this really cool stamping method. And so, like, I'm working on my next book, and I'm like, oh, I need to buy me a pizza so I can get a pizza box and do this as well, you know? And so it's really cool seeing what kids end up using in their collages and learning from them to put stuff in my own collages as well. So it's just the artwork, I think, is what always just, wow, it's just so, so good. I really like the the first example you told me about, about kids reading your book and then making a map because it made me think of what we were talking about a little earlier about being inspired by the world, the actual world around you. It's kind of like 
you bring the book to them and the book brings something to them and then they take the book and bring it back out into their own worlds. I just think that like that entire conversation or interaction is really cool. Yeah, no, it's just really been amazing, you know, and seeing how like a book like Amu is kind of used in the classroom and used to kind of spark discussion about things that the kids are interacting with and stuff like that is always just really, really cool to see, you know, because I think when you're an illustrator or you're an author, you know, you like put the book together or at least I felt this way. I kind of put the book together. And I was like, okay, I made a book. It's done. Woohoo, you know? And like, never did I even truly begin to comprehend through the process of making this book about how much an impact that a book can have, you know? Mm-hmm. And that you kind of just put the book out there and it kind of becomes its own thing and it doesn't belong to you anymore. And people kind of take it and they do so many amazing, amazing things with it. And so that's been the kind of the greatest joy to me is just really open my eyes to how books use, how what books can mean to people. It's just a really humbling thing to be a part of that kind of special relationship, you know? And it's like on my side, it was, oh, I have had those kind of relationships with books that I have always admired. The idea that people would admire or have that relationship with your work is just a really, truly eye-opening, just humbling thing. Listeners, thank you for tuning in. You can find Saturday Now at your local library or your favorite bookstore. You can follow Oge on Twitter at at Mora, and you can always find us on Twitter at at LBSchool. Until next time.